Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So last week, Pastor Steve and Pastor Leona talked about uh, the sin consciousness, right? They kicked off our Holy Spirit um, series to work and to do um, the Holy Spirit with the sin consciousness and that we sometimes hold on to what I've done wrong. We hold on to what I don't measure up. And I love what Pastor Steve said, that he starts his day from ground zero. That's a perfect picture of just starting from ground zero. I am the righteousness of Christ. I am in right standing because of what Jesus has done for us. And so that's a great foundation to our series on the Holy Spirit because the devil uses um, those accusations of sins and you're not worthy and you're not doing enough to really keep you on the run, right? It keeps you ignoring the Holy Spirit because if I work hard enough, they will like me. If I do great on this paper, if I do great at my job, if I am the perfect mother without spot or blemish, then I will be accepted. But we learned last week that we are righteousness because Jesus died for us and we get to claim that righteousness. So that's the foundation in which I am presenting my message on today. And I encourage you, Calvary Life, if you didn't hear last week's message, I encourage you to get that because that is foundational to the Holy Spirit, understanding that God is good and we don't deserve any of it. Amen. And so the enemy likes to accuse you and say, you did this sin, you did that sin. And, and, and so therefore we don't receive, we can't receive the partnership of the Holy Spirit because we don't feel worthy. And we get into a lifestyle of works and we call that success. But today we're going to just, just breathe and accept the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Just accept it. He is your friend. Some people don't know how to accept help. I've given great gifts and people say, no, 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 no. Because we all have a history of when people giving up, giving us good things, there are strings attached to it. But the Lord God is holy and his gifts are good. And so we're going to grow today. We're going to grow today, not because we're going to be perfect Yes, we have to grow and, and learn from our mistakes. I'm not talking about a hyper grace that relieves us of any responsibility for working out our salvation, but I want us to accept the gift of the Holy Spirit because oftentimes when we think of the Holy Spirit, we get weird, right? Right, we get weird. I know for me, having Pentecostal roots, that was really great for me, but other you know, people who come from that background, different backgrounds, the Holy Spirit is an it, right? It's a, it's the energy. It's a power. You know, you can tell by the language. Um, people usually jump to the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the manifestations, but he's a person. Amen. He is the third person of the Trinity. And guess what? God is in heaven and he is all everywhere. And Jesus, he had to leave so we can have this gift. The Holy Spirit is here and we need the Holy Spirit for so many for, for such a time as this. So my main idea for today, my main idea is we are light bearers. 
and the brightness of our light will be related only to the level of acceptance of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. We are light bearers. The brightness of our light will be related directly to our acceptance, to the degree that we accept the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Um, me, and my other, me and my husband have this debate because he loves to order these things on, on, on TV. You know, the 1-800-1999, you order one. Hey, guess what? This is your lucky day. You get another one and, 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 and for 1999 and now you get two and it seems like a great idea. And I knew it. We were, we were laying in bed one morning and I saw these solar lights, you know, that you plug it, you know, you, you pop into the lawn or you pop in into your garden. And it was like all day it takes in the light, you know, trying to be green, trying to be, you know, energy efficient. And, and, and then, and then it, it, it emanates light at night and I, I was quiet because I knew the wheels were turning and I said, hon, we're not getting that. And he didn't say anything. He said, what, what are you talking about? I said, I know that's something you would like because the worst thing is a dull light. <laughs> the worst thing is a dull light to have a beautiful backyard. We're doing some things to our backyard, getting some stuff together. And then, well, I want these dingy lights, you know? I want some bright lights. <laughs> I want some bright lights. And that's what our lives are like. We are dull lights, not because we're not Christians, but because we're doing it in our own strengths. Oh, wow. What a pleasure it is to accept the Holy Spirit, the help of the Holy Spirit. But let's first look at this. Um, it says the first thing we have to do to accept the Holy Spirit is first acknowledge that you have a problem. My name is Yolanda and I'm an alcoholic. No, I'm not. Um, but first acknowledge that I've been doing things in my own strength. I've been striving. I've been parenting. I've been doing business. I've been uh, uh, living and relating and loving in my own strength. And first, when we can acknowledge that, then there's room to accept it. Listen to what Philippians 2.13 says. It says, for it is God, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It is God who works and will in you according to fulfill, according to his purpose. And so we will come back to that main text, but let's talk about work. Because when I think about mothers, I think about people who are overworked. <laughs> we set so many expectations for ourselves to be, to have houses that are perfect, to, 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 um, measure up to our friends who, you know, make their diaper bags. It's like, who makes their diaper bags? I met a lady, she like handmade her diaper bag. I'm like, is that for you or the baby? But I digress. But, but you know, we have all these things that say we must do yoga. We got to do this. We, 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 we got to keep the house clean. We got to be perfect for our spouses if we're married. And if we're single, I have to do this so I can be loved. And that is going to be the number one thing that hinders you, that awareness. If we just stop and acknowledge that 
We need the help of the Holy Spirit. I, I called on, I had so much fun preparing for this message. I called on many mothers and I did a, you know, my little research and I asked mothers, what was the hardest, what were the hardest parts of mothering? And here are some responses that I got. Um, the hardest part of mothering, one said knowing when to let go. You know, I, I, I know what it's like to help kids at different stages, but when do I let go? Another one was, uh, an, a couple of them were unrealistic expectations. This was interesting. How to discipline my child. How to, am I doing it too much? You know, am I, am I spear the rod, spoil the child, but yet timeouts, where do I fall? You know, how do I discipline my child? And this is one that was very interesting. It says walking in love and faith when it looks like it is not producing any fruit or change, regardless of the situation. It was a, the, the sentiment of not wanting her work to be in vain. And this was another one that touched me. It said praying that I'm raising, that I'm raising them right, not knowing if I'll see the fruit of my labor. She said, I know that sounds pretty selfish, but it's definitely something I wonder, especially on the hard days. And we know they're hard days in mothering. They're very hard days where we're tired, when we just don't get it right, where we don't love, we don't feel love. And so, and then this is the one that resonated with me the most, feeling alone in parenting. And this was so shocking because you would think that would be true for single moms. You know, I can relate to that growing up in a single parent home for the most part, but it was with married women feeling like I'm alone. And they all expressed the sentiment on some level. And so I thought about why are there su such a pan epidemic? We were talking about pandemics, but there's an epidemic of loneliness in and outside of the church. And so it starts with really recognizing that you can have a marriage, you can have a person, you can be in a room full of people, but still feel alone. And so this is where the Holy Spirit is so wonderful because we have a companion. Isn't that great? And a mother of three, now she's qualified because she has a one-year-old, a four-year-old, and a 14-year-old. So I, I thought she had something to say. She says, am I showing enough love? How much do I allow my kids? To, 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 to be unsuccessful when, when I could just make some changes to change the trajectory and the outcome. One mother, now of adult children, I'm not leaving you out mothers of adult children, she said, I find the hardest part of being a mom to adults is allowing them to live with the consequences of their decisions. Mm. I all too often step in with money, shelter, when they need to be solving their own problems. Amen, I hear that. Another mom described it as knowing that they have to deal with the consequences on their own, of their own decisions, knowing that they're going to have heartbreak and you cannot fix it for them. And that's something, These are. this is real life. This is after church ends. This is after the sermon ends, after the worship ends. We have real life to deal with real decisions to deal with. And we are burdened and heavy laden because we're not taking the yoke 
that is supposed to be easy. And it has much to do about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And I begin to think about where do we get these expectations from? Because I, like I said, I do the most. Where do I get this from? I know sometimes it could be your personality. Sometimes you're just born to do the most. That, that was me in high school, in the dance club. You know, I'm not one to brag, uh, but I was a dancer and um, I did the most. Yeah. And, then, and I was always reminded by my teacher that you're a part of a group. Yeah, this is not your show. And we were all doing the same steps. But I was doing it with a little bit of pizzazz, you know? I was doing it extra. You know what extra means? You're just doing it extra. Have anybody ever seen Superstar? That was me, just extra, right? And so sometimes it could be just your personality, how you're wired. Sometimes it could be the expectations that people place on you. You know, spouses, you know, if you stay at home, I want you to do this, 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 that, and they don't participate. They don't participate. And sometimes we've grown up with poor mothering. And so we're, we vow to not be that type of mother, right? And so we overdo it. And what does overdoing it mean? <clears throat> it means doing it without the help of the Holy Spirit. It means doing it without the help of the Holy Spirit. So how do we accept the fellowship of the Holy Spirit so that we can in turn minister, minister to other people? First, by acknowledging that we need it. And secondly, we accept the Holy Spirit. Um, we accept the Holy Spirit. And I want to say this clearly. We have to praise God. And, 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 and what I mean by that, we have to not only acknowledge it, but we have to worship we have to worship. I never met a person who did not live a lifestyle of worship of God who did not have the Holy Spirit in their lives and that fellowship. So let's go to our text, our main text. It's Philippians 2, 12, 16. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but not now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear, trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, this is my favorite part. Do all things without complaining <laughs> and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation. We are living in that generation among whom you shine as lights. I love it. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. So when you speak of the Holy Spirit, you, 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 you think of it as, you know, and, and, and I don't know, I don't want to tell people what they think of it, but we all have different impressions of who he is. But today we're just going to simply talk about him as help, as help. We do not accept, you know, sometimes we do not accept good things because we don't feel worthy of those things. 
You know, I always say sometimes in, in the field I work in, some people abuse help. <laughs> they abuse support. And the, the people who need to be using it don't use it at all. So expectations can be a slippery slope. And so that's why I want to talk about that, because in America, we pride ourselves on doing it ourselves. Right. We're a country of frontiers. We 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 make a way out of no way, regardless of your background. We love a story of redemption, of rags to riches. That's who we are as Americans. Right. But expectations can be a slippery slope. It is part of the human experience. I love with Laura Kelly Fanucci. She's a writer and a mother, and she is hilarious. She says about expectations that we set for ourselves. This is as men or women, anyone. It says our mind is continually shaping and reshaping our expectations, reaching into the future, drawing from the past. We hope, we dream, we dread. All this is natural. And when we cling to our expectations that, you know, then we could be disappointed because clinging to our own notions of what should be. Is not God's will at all times for our lives. So we talked about, you know, starting our day from ground zero last week. And that's a wonderful practice to have. Like I am righteous. I am I'm acknowledging the areas that I need to grow, but I am righteousness. And by the end of the day, I want to be closer to Jesus. And one practice that I do to, to, to stay connected to Jesus Christ and, and God and the Holy Spirit, I, I do the Lord's Prayer every day. I've been doing that. And I don't do it like in a, a monotonous religious way, but I do it as a framework. I do it as a framework because I start the day with my mind racing with things I got to do. God forbid if I touch my phone. And, and so that's a grounding point for me. Before I put my feet to the ground, I say, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done. Your will be done, not mine. I have these expectations. I laid them before you but let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day, my daily bread, get what I need for today, my sustenance, my food, my spiritual food. Give me discernment, my daily bread and forgive us for our trespasses for the, for known and unknown as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead me not into temptation because it's all around us, but deliver me from evil for you, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And you would say, why does that help you connect and fellowship to the Holy Spirit? Because it reminds me that my life is not my own. It's a simple reminder that God has provided everything, everything that I need. He provided the earth, the stars. He provided a son when I sin, Jesus Christ. And not only that, Jesus found, you know, made it, um, made provision for the Holy Spirit to be with us. And so that acknowledgement of your will be done. This is my plan. These are my dreams, but let your will be done. That invites the Holy Spirit in. That invites 
God's presence in my life. This is a wonderful greeting I love. It's 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And it was Paul, he's finishing up one of the largest epistles and, and, and letters. And he is saying to the church of Corinth, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Be with you all. Amen. It's a simple benediction, but he recognized a triune being of the Godhead. He recognized just a simple in his leaving. I leave you with the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. I love that. It's a simple thing. Can you accept it today? Can you accept help today? Because we want to help you. <laughs> we want to see you grow this year. We want to see you move forward this 2020 year. We want to see you in the midst of this trial, this worldwide pandemic. We want to see you prosper, not just your soul prosper. We want to see your works prosper. We don't want your labor to be in vain. We want you to get up in the morning and have this wonderful plan. But the Holy Spirit just prompts you to go this way. And the Holy Spirit prompts you and say, don't say that. I know you were going to have lunch with this person, but move it to a little bit later. I want to speak to you. The Holy Spirit gives you discernment, the communion. What is communion? What is communion? It's a Cornelius word, it means Cornelia and, and Greek, but it has three definitions, fellowship, partnership, and intimacy. But today we're just staying, we're just staying in the fellowship range. Because sometimes we talk about having an intimate friend of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, and we don't even fellowship. We don't even let them in our homes. <laughs> <laughs> we, I got, you know, when you meet somebody, the first step of dating is meeting and greeting. Hello. Hey, what's up? I like him. Okay. All right. And then the next step is growing and knowing, right? And then the next step, hopefully, is commitment. Some of y'all have some crazy situations, and it's like, it's not that complicated. Either you're going to be together or you're not, right? <laughs> Either you're going to be together. It don't have to be that complicated. Not at 34. You got to let, you know, you know, and I'm just teasing. But we're just hanging in the fellowship range today. We're just hanging in the fellowship. Can you fellowship with him? He's here. He's always speaking. And so where did these expectations come from? Where did these self-judgments come from? And, 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 and I like to ask when I first have these expectations, because they're good. Sometimes they're birthed from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's birth of God. First of all, I say, are these valid? You know, is this something that's valid? And then I ask, is it God? Because good things cannot be God things at the time, but it's a God thing two years from now. So that's why you need the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit helps you with the nuances of life. He helps you with the details of life. And sometimes when you can, for people, uh, you know, who, who like to plan ahead, the anxiety comes in worrying about the future, right? So the Holy Spirit just says, I'm here today. And if we live today and if we commune today, tomorrow's already taken care of. Amen. Because what I have for you today, the test I have for you today, the skills I want you to learn today are going to make tomorrow easy. Amen. Amen. So remember, God wants to do and to will 
according to his good purposes. See, that's the difference. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, I don't know what to call it. I don't want to catastrophize it, but there's a, a thing that's happening in the body of Christ. There's this individualistic thinking. And it's like, this is what I want to do. This is God's plans for me. And there's no thought to if it's the will of God. And that's scary because that leads you down a course where it begins to affect your mental health, your spiritual health, your relational health. I know men and women who have made one decision, one accepting that one job, accepting that moving to that one house. And it changed the whole trajectory of their lives because they weren't supposed to move. So we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. So I love what I had what, what this mother of five told me. She says the goal is never perfection, but a connection with her kids. And I love that. The goal is never perfection, but a connection with her kids. I want to reframe that. The goal is never perfection, but a connection with our God. Because parenting will be so much easier um, business will be so much easier. Life will be so much easier when we're connected to the Holy Spirit. And so in conclusion, I want to say that motherhood is challenging because of the multiple needs of children. You know, you have a, a two year old, you have a 12 year old, you have a 20 year old. And I and I and I think that's hard because we try to be all things to all people. But something ha is happening even in my own life. You know, when I think about uh, me as a stepmom, I became a stepmom, you know, when I got married to Pastor Gwimar. And so the kids were at so many different ages, twins, the youngest were four, the oldest were nine. And so I wanted to be everything. I wanted to be the best stepmom ever. And so I would plan, I would work and, and sometimes all they wanted to do was be with me. You know, I, I, we, sit, we sit around and we talk to our kids and, and we think that, you know, the most expensive trips, the most expensive lessons um, are the things that they remember. But they remember the broke down trips, the three-day weekends. Remember we went camping and we had hot dogs and they didn't know that was all we could afford. And I'm like, yeah, those are the good old days. Yeah, yeah. Just being, can we be with the Holy Spirit? Can we recognize the Holy Spirit? Can we get this myth out of the church that the Holy Spirit was for the old days, right? And the Holy Spirit is so precious. I, one of my favorite um, aspects of him is that he listens and I listen and he's teaching me how to listen. That makes sense. And I really love praying in the spirit. Um, it really builds me up when I'm tired, for whether it's mothering, whether it's living. I love to pray in tongues to build myself up. I love to just wait in prayer because he has so much to say. One word from the Holy Spirit will change your life. And I want to end with Philippians 1.19. When we're grieved as parents, we grieve the Holy Spirit if we don't brace him. So we are grieved as parents because they do things that hurt us and they do things that disappoint us. But we grieve the Holy Spirit 
when we ignore them. Yeah, you ever had a kid that ignore you, ignores you? I had one of those, and it, you know he wasn't bad. You know he he wasn't good. He just ignored you. Like, do you hear me? Like, I'm I'm talking to you. Look at me. Look at me. The Holy Spirit saying, "Look at me. I'm all you got. <laughs> God is in heaven. I'm all you got. I will make your load easy. Just abide with me." Just abide with me. We're just hanging in the fellowship realm today. <laughs> Inviting him into our house. We cleanse our houses. We wanted the Holy Spirit to be in our presence. Philippians 1.19. There is a fresh supply that comes as we live in Christ. And as we daily fellowship with the Holy Spirit. One mother says, I would not be able to do it without the Holy Spirit. I get supernatural peace when I am led by the Holy Spirit because sometimes I just do the best that I can. This is a single mother of six. She said, there's no way, there's no way. She put in capital letters, N-O-W-A-Y. There's no way I could do this without the leaning of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. We just thank you for thinking of everything, <laughs> making provision for us. And first of all, we confess any disbelief that we have in the Holy Spirit as a person, not as an it, not for his manifestations of power. Those are beautiful. But as a person. Just the other night, a mother, at 3 a.m., she was awoken by a strong sense to confess something. For the past week, she said to me, I have been struggling with pain, and I felt the Holy Spirit telling me that I didn't believe God would heal me. I didn't want to believe that I felt that way because I know better. But the truth was that, yes, I did not believe I would be healed. I thought about how Jesus healed while he was on earth, but why would he heal me now? Once I acknowledged my sin of disbelief, I went out of the room, living room to confess it and pray. I knew in my heart that the truth of who God is and what he does, but yet in my own pride, I felt unworthy of healing. I went back to bed and when I awoke, the pain was gone. And so Father God, we ask you to forgive us for any disbelief that you have sent your paraclete and your Holy Spirit to teach, to advocate, to love us, to instruct us, to guide us, to heal us. We receive healing for every wound, past and present. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to elevate us and to clothe us with your love. We ask you, Lord God, that you will be present with every woman, every mother in her pain for every loss, every male or female that is missing his mother or her mother. May you bring comfort because all our mothers, some of our mothers went home to be with the Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that you will help us to accept your gift of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.